This program is sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Zion's sake, I'll not hold my peace. Welcome to For Zion's Sake. Isaiah 62.1 is taken directly out of the Hebrew Scriptures when the prophet Isaiah declared, For Zion's sake I will not keep silent, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not keep quiet, until her righteousness goes forth like brightness and her salvation like a torch that is burning. Your hosts for the program are Shelley and June Volk, Jewish believers burdened to see Jew and Gentile become one. Believers strengthened in their faith and for their Jewish kinsmen to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of God. Bless the Lord and welcome to For Zion's Sake. We thank you for joining us. We're the Volks. My name is Shelley. And my name is June. Hi, everyone. I'm glad you could join us as we continue on a theme that we started yesterday. And that is God with us that really leads us into a deeper, personal, intimate relationship with the Lord. And as we introduced our program yesterday, Junie, if ever this is needed, I know there were critical times in the past, but these days seem more critical than ever before as we rapidly approach the end of this evil age to welcome the return of the Messiah Jesus to sit on the Davidic throne, rule from Jerusalem, and to establish in its fullest the kingdom of God. So what we talked about yesterday was that despite the fact that God was very intimate with a number of people in Israel like Moses and Joshua, King David and the prophets. The people as a whole were distant. In fact, we spoke yesterday that when God was speaking to Moses on Mount Sinai, it says in Exodus chapter 20, verse 21, as we read yesterday, so the people stood at a distance while Moses approached the thick cloud where God was. And then we see one of the most incredible prophecies in the Hebrew Scriptures, and I hope you're familiar with it, and that was Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. And this was as a sign of what the particular event was at that time with Isaiah and King Ahab, but it had eternal significance. Isaiah 7, 14 says, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. And I trust that you know that in Hebrew, Emmanuel means God with us. So if ever we needed proof positive that God was with us, we see it in this prophetic utterance that foretold the birth of the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, the Holy One of Israel, whose times were from everlasting. But when he, the son, but when the word was made flesh and, uh, through a conception into this young Jewish girl named Mary, whose name was Miriam, we saw that the word became flesh and Jesus came among us as a babe and he grew up and he was the son of man and the son of God. So we see clearly that God's name means that he is with us and he's with us all the time. And what we pointed out yesterday, Shelley, was that because Jesus gave himself as an offering for our sin, And he died on the cross and became a curse for us that we can become the righteousness of God. His resurrection 
changed the course of history for man because he sent the spirit of truth, which was the holy comforter, to live in every man, woman, and child who called upon his name and came into a personal relationship with Jesus. So not only did he promise that he would be with us till the end of this age, but he also has a desire to enable us through his resurrected life that lives in us, if we are born again, to live in us, by us, and through us. So Emmanuel walking with the disciples, Shelley, was as the son of man. But today we have the um, privilege of coming to know the Lord in his resurrected life because of the holy comforter that he sends and the spirit of truth that abides in every believer. Amen. If we yield our will and open our hearts to a personal relationship with the Holy One of Israel, Jesus, the Messiah. You know, Junie, you could, we could say that he's with us on a technical basis, but the reality is when we hear that name, Emmanuel, we need to be aware of his presence with us all the time. And in fact, one of the first things that Jesus did was appoint 12. And it says in Mark three fourteen, and he appointed 12 that they might be what? With him. In other words, they were with each other. They were together. They labored together for three or three and a half years. So we understand that there's an intimacy that's required. And when we realize that Jesus is with us, our life is going to change. I think at the time in Acts chapter 4, when Peter was speaking to the priests regarding the healing of a lame man, and the word says in Acts 4.13, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. Junie, I wish we all had that testimony, that when unbelievers see us, they would recognize that they must, we must have been with Jesus, one with him. And what's amazing, Shelley is after the resurrection of Jesus, his resurrected power enables us to live a different kind of life because of the spirit of truth and the holy comforter that he sends us. Just as Peter was a man who denied Jesus three times, who never thought he could ever do it, we too can deny the Lord if we're living our own life. And even if we've been with Jesus, in a sense, like Peter was, Mm. he loved him. But after the, um, uh, the baptism of fire and the Holy Spirit that Peter experienced in the upper room, that he, I'm sure, if Jesus didn't say to the 120, and bring Peter too. Peter might not have gone because he recognized his failure, but Jesus wanted to endow him with this power, which yes. would enable him to never deny him again. And it was Peter then who spoke to the 3,000, Shelley, that um, wound up, not 3,000, who knows how many thousands mm. of people were there, but 3,000 men got saved that day that Peter spoke about Jesus' death and resurrection and the power of his life, 3,000 said, what must we do to be saved? And so 
I really believe that God wants to impart in us and through us and to our listeners in them and through them his resurrected life and power, which will enable us to overcome these dark and evil days. Boy, for us, Junie, I want to pray and for every one of our listeners that our, our intimacy with him would be so great that people will know that there's something greater in us than who we are ourselves and that they would say they must have been with Jesus. So let's go on from there. Of course, you said before, I am with you even to the end of the age. So what a joy, what a comfort, what security in knowing that the Lord is with us. And now, Junie, let's raise another question. Is there something more? Is there something deeper that uh, will not only allow us to be with Jesus, but take us a step deeper. Let me read a scripture that will bring us to this point. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. That to me, Junie, is a step deeper. With Jesus is incredibly wonderful. But I think Jesus wants to bring us to a deeper place in him, not only with him, but in him. In fact, before we did this program, we were talking and you brought out the point that we could do work for the Lord. But instead of just doing work for the Lord, our work has to be in the Lord, he in us and we in him. And then he will be living his life through us. We will just be vessels that the Lord is using. And I believe that's what God wants us to bring us to in this day and age where there's a crisis seemingly every day when things are chaotic, when the conditions in our country are not the way they used to be. So if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. We also see in 2 Corinthians five fifteen, he died for all that they who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. Junie, what a verse. Let me read it again. He died for all, that they who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on our behalf. What a word, Junie. And that's what I was trying to say, Shelley, that because of his resurrected power that lives in everyone who has given their heart and their life to Jesus, he can live his life in and through us if we no longer live for ourselves. And that's very big, Shelley, because how many times during a day do we have choices to ask the Lord, Lord, would you have for me to do this? Lord, would you guide me and guide my steps? Because the scriptures tell us that The plans of men are plentiful. Man makes his plans, but God directs our steps. And, you know, we can choose to direct our own steps. And we think that we're just living just for ourselves and uh, everything can be fine. But I don't think what you and I fully realize, and even our listeners, is that if we're not living for the Lord... If we're not allowing the Lord to live in and through us, there is a principality and power, the prince of the air, who then guides us in ways 
that really can cause destruction for us all. And that's why Jesus bought us with a price, the precious blood of Jesus. So if we can just get somehow a revelation, a concept of what Jesus has done for us, that we no longer live for ourselves, but we live for him who died for us. Amen. That will happen, Junie, when we allow him to live through us, really. So that's really being that's really being deeper than with him. It's being in him. And really, Junie, true faith, true biblical faith results in transformation. It's not merely a deeper understanding of doctrine or theology, but having our lives transformed and becoming more like him day by day. And incarnation is the miracle of all miracles. He came down as man, as the son of man, to be like us. Why? So that we might become like him. Junie, if we could get hold of that, if the church could get hold of that, I believe the world could be transformed by every individual becoming a corporate expression because they are demonstrating, they are allowing the life of the Messiah to be demonstrated in us and through us. Father, we thank you, Lord. Thank you for the work that was done at Calvary, that you took our sin upon you and made us the righteousness of God. Lord, allow us, allow us to allow you to demonstrate your life in us, because as we'll talk about yet tomorrow, in you we live and move and have our being. We pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us this evening. If you would like to get in touch with Shelley and June, you can write to them at P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona 85252. That's P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona 85252. And you can also contact them on their website, ShelleyAndJuneVolk.com. That's ShelleyAndJuneVolk.com. Until next time, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. This program was sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund.